Hi, and welcome everyone to the 103rd episode of CM Rocks. This is Marcus Allanson, and today's podcast will be about Portal Zero to Hero. And with me today, I have Ulrike Akadebeck from Skill AS. Experience and interaction design, branding and visual design has been her passion and focus for the last 10 years. Now her attention is on Power Apps portals and the development of web portals for the customer service and partner collaboration. She thrives in tight collaboration with the customer in operation and advisory role, being active in the Power Platform community, doing public speaking on events and helping others on their journey is something she loves doing. Welcome Ulrike Akerbeck. Thank you so much, Marcus. How are you doing today? I'm great, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm just fine. It's been really warm here this last weekend, but now it's cooling down again. So it's been lovely. Great. Same here. Now it's raining, actually. But this weekend, it looks better. So looking forward to that. Yeah. We're customers all the time. What's your last memorable customer experience as a customer? Oh, that's a great question and something that we should ask ourselves more often. Um there's something that comes to mind and it was actually uh, last summer uh, we were on a holiday in Norway uh, because of the lockdown and we were going on to this ferry uh, and in Norway as in Sweden there are a lot of ferries and so sitting in the car uh, we discovered there was an app we could register and buy our ticket in advance but there's always the queue and you drive up and shouting back and forth to the lady in the cubicle but when we got there, there was no queue. Uh, and there was this cubicle. And when we drove up to it, the lady just rolled down and said, hello, Ulrike, how are you doing today? And I was stunned because we re- we had to register our car. And so when we drove in, the AI, the cameras would recognize our, our the, the sign, the, the car the license sign. license plate. Yes, exactly. And then they, the our registration would just pop up and she would know my name and she would know that I had two kids and one husband in the car and that we were on holiday and we were going this time and we could just pass pass her. And it was just a great, you know, hello, Alerka, have a good day and uh, on with your journey. And that's what customer experience, that's kind of the level that we expect today. They, you want to be recognized. They know who you are. So when you go to the bank or to your... um um, to your lawyer, whatever service it is, or to your doctor, you expect them to know who you are, to know the history of your visit or as a customer, and to be treated individually, and to have that experience once on the many ferries that we had to travel on this summer. It was a great experience. It's something that resonated with me, and it stayed with me ever since. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's, that's really so nice. You've mm-hmm. joined the Portal Justice League. What's that? Well, I'm honored to be a part of the uh, the Portal Zero to Hero teams. I'm a Portal Hero. <laughs> Yay! Yay! But, That's really exciting. So, so what is this Hero League or Justice League? Yeah. So Victor Dantes, which is a really great guy in in the Power Platform community, he gathered us all up, uh, asked us if we wanted to take part in this. Um, this session, um, this uh, these sessions that we have had this spring, and to be mentors um, for new and upcoming portals heroes, and of course, I want to be a part of something like that. And so we are um, five heroes um, 
this session. So this would be, he had a previous session, the first session uh, this fall, I think. Um, and so this is the second round. And so I'm, I'm really excited about that. Got to have um, two sessions um, with, with the team uh, and so many excited and, and, um, and interested participants that are regular participants that are joining in for this call every week uh, for the whole, whole semester, actually. So that was really, really cool. So it's basically learn yourself and then listen to you and then go and try out the things that you've taught everyone. And yes, this is exactly. like you, you sign up for it or is it free? Is it on YouTube? Where can I find it then? No, it's uh, it's absolutely free and they sign up in advance and it's the same people over and over. So they get to know each other and then we get to know them uh, and we're on the calls as well. And so it it's kind of... An, um, like the community on steroids. So it's very intense and it's very a great learning experience for us as well. And so you cannot learn everything and we're all experts in our different domains. And so what I'm good at and what Franco does is kind of front end and branding. And then we have Jim and Alexander that's really great on the back end and the API. And we have Arpit that does the ALM and the, um, the life cycle management and all that. And so... We have our different areas and we learn from each other and then we get to, to teach this to others. Uh, and this is actually one of the reasons that why, why I wanted to join this team is that this is exactly what I would have wanted to be there six years ago when I started this journey. So if I had had that, then my journey would look so different. Um, and so it's a joy to be able to to provide that for others. Yeah, six years in in doing like portals or six years in dynamics or all together. No, that would be portals of maybe five years. My my calculations are not really great. So in 2016, Microsoft acquired ADX Studio, um, yeah. and that's when this whole journey started. And I actually. Um, I started working with Portals that January. They acquired it in December. So, and I I, I started on my first real project uh, the following August. So I've been working with this product from the start. And back then, it was not a lot of community content. It was it was Nick Nick Dolman. And it was Colin Vamander, and that's it. So, <laughs> it's grown immensely since that. Um, and I'm I'm just honored to be be a part of something like this to be able to give something back and to to be that person for someone else like what nick and colin has done for me it's just just great yeah now there's their like entire tracks just dedicated to portals or even just entire conferences dedicated to power ups portals so that's great <laughs> Ah, that's amazing. And I mean, falling to portals that we have this autumn was great. It was the first real only portal conference. Uh, and it was great to be a part of that. And, uh, and it's, uh, I get starstruck still though when I see the lineup and it's all these great people that I've looked up to and, and worked so closely with these last few years. Uh, and to be counted as part of a team with these giants is, uh, it's a humbling experience, I must say. Yeah. Really nice. So who is your targeted audience? You say a portal zero. So who's a portal zero? Well, that's me five years ago. So it's not really that hard to think back and think, well, what, why did, what did I struggle with? And so when you're totally new to this space, and for me, I have education and experience working with the web. So for me, this was not uh, a matter of what can I 
achieve in the end. It was much more of a, what can I do? How can I get this one started? How do I get to hello world, as we say, uh, in the in the web um, uh, business? So that's really much what this is about. How can we help people make the steps more accessible? So probably people today are starting off um, with a different starting point than what I did. This is a much more power user, non-coder friendly product now than it was back then. Um, and so, and there's much more community content and videos and, and tutorials and everything. So for those who are starting out now, I I exercise and I try to make my blog posts more of an introductionary t- style blog then and I tend to write from my head and and think that everyone knows what's inside my head and I, I I try to do my best to write this for the zero user. So sometimes yeah. it's really hard because you just skip over certain steps and you don't even consider that you skipped over those and you're like you go to the settings and you do this and there's like where's the settings? <laughs> yeah, I know. And I'm so fortunate. People are so good at reaching out and the comments on my blog post that only make me better. And I get emails and I people get in touch with me on social media telling me how my blog posts are all wrong or some, they're missing steps. And I'm so thankful every time. And I, it only makes me better and it only makes the blog post better in order to help more people get through uh, and to get on their journey and get where they want to go. So every feedback that I get is just so welcome. So if I'm a domain expert at my job, would you say that this course would be for me if I were to be tasked to do something in PowerPoint portals? Yes, absolutely. So as I touched on before, not everyone can be good at everything at the same time. And so when you're a domain expert and you come into this, there are probably things in that product you don't know about. And as with many things in a power platform these days, everything's changing. There's news around every corner and no one can get on top of everything that's new. So even though if you're an expert in some areas, you still would benefit from a program like this in order to get the wider expertise and, and, and get the wider experience. Yeah, I, I would mention the domain expert as a customer or uh, I, I know my customer's domain or my domain as the I work at an end customer and therefore I sort of know the data, I know some of that, but I don't really know how to publish the frequent asked questions to a portal then this course could be for me to learn how to do such things in, in Power Portal? Well, that's a good question. Um, I think this course would be more for the consultant setting it up than uh, the person working with it from day to day. So we have we do a lot of user adoption programs and, and learning programs at Skill, at the consultant's uh, agency where I work. And so I s- often I do set up portals in a kind of a custom way to make it easier for the end user to keep on top of the the knowledge based articles or even custom entities that we know that they want to uh, keep up to date blog posts for instance um, those kind of things this is probably not for them this is more for the advanced user so would you say that the portal is a little bit more upfront work 
uh, and then it's more content and polishing it and fixing and, and tuning it. So that depends. What, um, when I'm setting up, we are actually right now in the development of our own website at Skill. Uh, would obviously you're seeing portals for that. And so my role as a consultant would be setting it up, uh, setting up the branding, uh, and setting up all the content and the, the information architecture. But then I unleash it to the rest of the, the, the consultants and the rest of the business. And that's when often that I, as we see, that people get into trouble. They're, um, they're templates that are not uh, properly set up or when they uh, publish blog articles, they don't really look that good. So it's important to think about the end user, not only as the customer that logs into your portal to um, send in their support ticket, but also think about the user that is creating that content. They are maintaining the, the, um, the knowledge articles or writing the blogs because uh, and, and, they're users too. And so with the PowerApps Portals Design Studio, the user interface for that user, the internal webmaster, if you will, we called it back in the day, the webmaster, creating the pages, the content, the images, the videos, keeping it up to date, uh, publishing events. These people also need some support. So in my view, the portal product, it's not really there yet it's not wordpress yet in that sense for the internal user for the editor the web editor um, you would say that the content creator is the user and the people logging on to the portal who are they who would you name them as the customer of the customer so they would be the end user that would be the customer so we right. would have internal editors and we would have the external users or customers okay so Internal editors, external users. Right, got it. So what would you say are your typical steps for, okay, someone's asking you for portal. What are the like top five steps or top something steps that you want to make sure that you got? Are you thinking in workshops or are you thinking in setting up a portal technically? Probably a workshop then. Right. I so I don't know what's what's <laughs> what's most important <laughs> to you. <laughs> because I'm I'm very into the user experience uh, these uh, days, and I've always been um, very um, interested in user experience. And so, actually, one of the most successful things that I did this um, this uh, this spring was actually the things that the thing that did not make it to be a portal. So. We had a customer, it came in, wanted a portal um, because he had some support uh, support cases that he forwarded to a third party. So they would have a, they have a support system in CRM, cases would come in and they would issue them to a third party saying, can you please change this light bulb on this uh, bus station here? The problem was they never got feedback. Did that light bulb get changed? When did it get changed, etc.? And so the problem they thought they could solve with a portal. So you would have the third-party people log into a portal and and deal with the support case and give them feedback on how it went and who who fixed it and when. And during workshops, I, I asked them. I continually ask them. Okay, so what's success? When we, you know, when can we uh, pop the champagne? Then what? What happened then? And they're like, well, then we got a hundred percent response on the status of the cases or the support tickets. And I said, all right, so do you think you can manage that with a portal? Yeah. 
okay, so people have to log in, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then I say, can we make it simpler? So what's the real key here? Well, it's feedback, right? So the easiest way to get feedback would probably be for people to interact with an interface that they're familiar with, just hit a button, that's your response. So what we actually ended up doing was creating a flow, a power automate flow, two buttons in an email that sends a response into the system. So when an email is forwarded to the third party, there's two buttons at the bottom saying, did you fix it? The one button says, yes, I fixed it. And the status is updated in in Dataverse. The other button says, no, not yet. And they would get uh, a notification three days later. Hey, did you fix it now? Ah, no, not yet. All right, then two days later. And so that actually works. It's an email. It works in every client. It's a button. It has an HTTP request trigger for Power Automate Cloudflow, and it updates the status in, in Dataverse. And it it's really, I, I'm so pleased with that solution because it. my boss is not really that pleased because we didn't have a Bartles project. <laughs> but, I, but I think that I created a better user experience for the customer of my customer, the third party people. And we ended up with a great result and many, many more feedbacks than we would have if we had created a portal that would cost five times as more as much. Yeah. And, and getting to a hundred percent by using something that people have to log in and then type something and click something. Yeah. It's much quicker and easier to just press that on an email and it's done. Right. So hence user adoption, user adoption. Yes, absolutely. And giving people a quick way to do something in a familiar interface. So people think, and today we're taught that email is out. That's so 20, you know, 2020. We don't use email anymore, but it's a great tool and we should not stop use it just because we have other, uh, we have teams who are collaborating and we're all in meetings. Well, email is a great tool. We could still use it in the right scenarios. We shouldn't. You should abandon it altogether, I think. Yeah. So you think this portal studio for the Paris portal is a big leap forward now? Yes, it's a big leap forward, but we're not there yet. So in my daily work, I still use the portal management studio, the model-driven app, a lot. I cannot get my work done in portals um, design studio altogether. I do start there. So if I wanted to make a proof of concept for a client, I would do it in Perhaps Portals Design Studio, uh, 90%, I think. And then when I had to go deeper and make more advanced uh, settings and adjustments, I would go into the management studio. So, and now that we got the table permissions, finally this uh, April into the studio, then it's uh, becoming increasingly better. And we see that they're pulling in... um, this features and the capabilities one by one into the studio. And that's, that's the way forward. And I, I love starting there and it's a great experience, but they're not there yet. And um, they probably need to think a little bit more about the editor user than the administrator, because there's not that great interface for maintaining pages just yet. No, as the content creator or as the, the, the user of the portal, uh, I, I agree with you. So you mentioned here some, some of the new names. So what do you think about the new names? The the basic form, the advanced form, the list, etc. 
Yeah, so we knew these changes were coming the day that we saw that entities were tables and then fields were columns. And, and I, it's just now that it's beginning to be um, the words that I, I go to. So it, it has taken some time to change. And then I discovered one day at random that I had a basic form instead of an entity form. And then I had advanced form instead of web forms. I'm not necessarily agreeing with a web form being more advanced than a basic form. I don't use web forms at all, that often. I think they're uh, restrictive. I don't think we have that level of um, extensibility that I wish that we had. And so I don't use it that often, actually. I would use a basic form for that scenario because I have more freedom. So, uh, but then the entity list becoming lists, I'm not sure about that. How specific is that? It's, um, it's coming across a little difficult in blog posts, for instance. So I'm not so sure about that. Yeah, you have to be very specific and mention like Power Apps Portal lists because no, it's not Microsoft lists. No, it's not SharePoint lists. It's not a generic list. It's these kinds of lists here. Yes, and we're working with Dataverse lists as well. And it's uh, it's a hurdle to explain the difference between a CRM list or that the CRM list and the database list is the same. And then we get to the, the Boras portals list on yeah. top of that. So having a name like entity list made it easier to differentiate the, the different lists. But hey, what can you do? Yeah, and they had to change it for something. And yeah, well, entities were out. But then I, I, I watched some of your videos in this portal zero to hero. And you discussed something about a custom list or the old name custom entity list. So what's that? Actually, that's something that is in the Microsoft documentation. There's um, a web template that you can use for rendering what would have been an entity list before, like a list in in the Power Apps portal. And you can create a custom experience for that list. So for instance, if you didn't want to use the default bootstrap framework for that list, you could add your own CSS classes. You can add your own uh, IDs for it. Uh, as I've done, I've extended it to have um, a, a view selector on it with uh, showing the number of items in the list or in the view for instance there's a lot of things you can do and it's much more extendable because you have full control of the html that is rendering that list using uh, html and and, uh, liquid and, and javascript so how familiar does one need to be to do this kind of tricks do do you think it easier a lot of hacks to do certain things here? They're not hacks. So, because they're well-documented and it's the way forward. But what I will say is be wary of the performance. So what, in my experience, if you, and I've done this, so I am a victim of this. um, If you just go forward and you do whatever you know you can and you use every um, capability to customize or to, to extend the portal, be wary of what it's doing to the performance and always have a testing regime to actually test performance. And it's very easy for us when we think about the Power Platform, it's all plug and play and it's all drag and drop, that we're actually creating websites. They should have a good user experience. There should be some level of understanding about um, interaction design and information architecture when you're creating a website. 
um, and it's for end users and you need to think about performance these days. So that's a key thing. So I know, and, and you got this, uh, there's always going to be that customer that wants that 30 rows in a table with everyone having custom filter criterias for different options that you can do. Well, let me tell you, you don't get a fast portal that way. So be wary for what kind of um, requirements that you accept and be a bit challenging uh, and challenge your customer when they come with um, with expectations like that. Yeah, but it's not a powerful tool if you can't shoot your own foot with it, right? <laughs> oh, that's such a good thing to say. Oh my God, that's great. <laughs> You have to be able to do that. Otherwise, it's not powerful enough. If you can do that, then yes, be wary. You can't. Sh- it's your own foot. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, that's a great saying. I'm gonna adopt that. I didn't have. I haven't heard that before. Uh, but uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. And I have shut my own foot, so I know it hurts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not that easy to fix either. But, so but yeah, it can be very deceiving. Is if you're like, well, the list have like ten items in the development environment where you add, and you're the only one that's there. So it's very fast when you're trying it out. But then it's like a million rows in production and it's a lot of users and it's not so fast any longer. So that's why it can be deceiving to say, oh, it's very fast when I did it. Well, you have to try it with more data, more users then. Absolutely. And that's so right. And that touches on something else as well. Uh, the test environment and the dev environment and the production environment. You should have a similar kind of data sets. And that's something that we don't often see. And I don't see it uh, in my profession either. Like you said, you have your 10 rows and you have your one user and it, it works fine. And But having that step over to the test and actually having a good data set is, is key to a good portals production set. Yeah. So you mentioned templates here before. And do you often find it a lot of work to keep those templates and make them according to the branding that your customers have? Or is it basically straightforward to you? Good question. So um, previous portals that I worked with, I actually created my own template framework because they had some um, special requirements for how the uh, portal should look and act. And then we had a design engine agency that created some great wireframes and I wanted to make it look like they wanted it to look. So I created my own template framework. What I see now is that it doesn't really work that well with the Portals Design Studio. But in my defense, the design studio came afterwards. So um, <laughs> yeah, that, that's an excuse. <laughs> I hope I can get away with uh, that. And so now I'm actually uh, in the process of tweaking this framework so that it doesn't break in the design studio and you can still use it. And it, it, it's built on top of the, um, the bootstrap framework, but then it adds the components from the newer versions. So as you're probably well aware, the portals... Um, the poor apps portals is built on bootstrap 3.3 and we don't have cars for instance the cards the 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 component we don't have the carousel there are some things that we don't have that are new in newer versions of the bootstrap framework so by pulling bootstrap apart 
and then adding my own components from newer versions and then compiling it once again, I get to incorporate those kinds of elements into my my design and my framework. So yeah. That seems like a lot of work to be able to do this. So, so you made your own like extension of bootstrap and then sort of backward compatible things are well i'm not going to uh, <laughs> i'm impressed. no but actually it's it's not really that hard uh because you can you can download the bootstrap frameworks and so i i downloaded the 3.3 and i downloaded all the other versions and then i carefully um nested out only components that i want and that i need and i incorporated them into my bootstrap 3.3 and then i compile it again and with the tools that we have these days i mean visual studio code and the scout app and the scss css framework and there's so many things that we have these days we didn't have back in the day when i did web development and so i i just love being curious and and taking advantage of all the things that we can do today and this is one of them but then i want to be warning people don't just upgrade to to bootstrap for you will break um you will break your portal yeah, because sometimes the Paras portal is actually upgrading the bootstrap, right? So it was an older version before. I'm not sure when they upgraded the last time, but it was some years ago. Yeah, so I I know that this is on everyone's wish list to be able to utilize the new bootstrap versions. And I know what kind of hurdles they have to go through to get there. So it's it's a massive rewrite. And um, I, I understand why it's taking so long, but I really hope that they're working on it. And if anyone can find Colin Vermander, he has probably got the answer to that question. So keep the hashtag, where's Colin going? <laughs> Okay, so not just why it's taking so long, but actually the solution to to be upgraded. Yes, that would be great. So that's right on my then. wish list for Christmas. Yeah. So so Bootstrap is like this CSS framework to have components work together. So you can stitch this uh these components of a page together. So you have uh, like this header, you have some buttons, you have some list, you have each of these are components and the, these components in the Power Apps portal are based on Bootstrap. Yes, that's correct. And that makes it a lot of, lot easier for Power users to get something that looks good and that works well with minimal effort. So if, if it was just an HTML framework from the ground, from zero, then it would be so much harder for people to create great websites. So it's actually a stroke of genius, in my view, to use something like Bootstrap that's so well worked through. It's com- it comes from the Twitter team back in the day. It's continuously um, uh, de- in development, and uh, it's a great framework. And it makes it much easier for us to go, oh, new list? Well, just grab that component, and it will render perfectly, and it will work and be usable, and it will be easy to customize so yeah i i um i love working with bootstrap framework for sure and it's pretty easy to find people who are talented and you can if you're like a small shop and you want to buy something you can pretty much just browse for something buy that template it's close enough and then change it from there so you don't have to start off from a portal that's just blank um, from Microsoft. No, that's absolutely true. Uh, and with AI these days, I mean, they say that design 
uh, will, will be will not be a job anymore. Web design will not be a job anymore for on just a few years from now because AI will take it over. And as you say, you know these themes and there's you can buy whole websites that look great and are on the Bootstrap framework and it just implement it. Off you go. There's your portfolio or your customer self service site or wherever. So, yeah, uh, it's something to take notice of actually. Have you done a lot of branding to make a portal not look like a portal then? Yes, absolutely. I think that's one of the first things that people say. Um, and then that was also the thing that I worked on five years before I started working with portals, how to make a SharePoint site not look like a SharePoint site. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like this is a repeating theme of my of my work life. Um, but yeah, for sure. And But I often... With SharePoint, I often said, sure. And then we created something crazy and it worked for a couple of years and then a new update would come along and it would yeah. break. But for the portal, I much off more often say no, because the Bootstrap framework is that solid work through um, framework. It's using the web standards of today. Users are familiar with it. They want to have the logo on the left-hand side. They want to have the search bar on the right. They want to have the main menu on the top, and they want to find the contact information in the footer, and they want the main content in the center. And we should not change that just because some crazy design agency wanted the header to be on the right-hand side. Or, yeah, so there's a lot of crazy demands out there and a lot of creative people. But when it comes to solutions that everyone should be able to use, like a support system, then you should not go crazy bananas. You should stay to the development, uh, the, to the developed web standards of today uh, and make your user, your portal user friendly for everyone, especially keeping in mind people with hearing disabilities or visual disabilities. The, um, making them uh, use, usable for any user. So do you find it a lot of requirements to actually make the portals support these screen readers and things like that? Or that just comes out of the box because you're using PowerApps portals? Yeah, so they so it actually is out of the box with portals. They are um, compliant with the VCOG. There's... Um, some rules that you need to follow in Europe for any web page. And it used to be back in the day when I worked with SharePoint, it used to be only for external web pages, but now it includes internets and a log behind login doesn't matter. As long as it's a website and it's accessible through the web browser, it needs to adhere to those rules. And uh, out of the box, the portal does really well. And it actually hits a lot of the components and actually, yeah, it actually compiles with a lot of the rules. And it's funny, we should get into this. Um, Wednesday, I'm having a portals community call for in, in Norway called Portal Lunch. And we're actually having this as a theme. So tomorrow night, I'm going to run the portal through all the VCOG and all the the UU uh, tests that are out there and see how it performs and its blog post in the making. So well, keep we're an eye reporting out for this on the 21st of June, and it won't be published until like the 14th of July. So you were probably great and had a good time, right? <laughs> probably, yeah. Check out that blog post. It's probably awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So do you think it's hard to keep the portal according to, to, to the company uh, branding? Is that 
a tough job to do? Not at all. Really, not at all. It's That's one of the most joyous and one of the easiest things I find when working with portal, portals. I have yet to have uh, a requirement that I cannot uh, achieve. So, yeah. No, that's uh, that's the best part of my job. All right, then. So what's the Scout app? Oh, that's the prettiest little dog that you have on your two-line two down at the bottom on your computer. It's um, an app that you run on your computer to compile CSS or SCSS into CSS. So if you're not familiar with SCSS or SAS, um, it's actually a language that allow you to have um, functions and variables in CSS. It's amazing how much time it saves in a project and from day-to-day work. I've been working with it for the last four years uh, in one of the big portals uh, projects that I do here in Norway, and I and I absolutely love it. And I use the Scout app every day to compile my SCSS, the variables and all the functions into your standard CSS file. You upload it into your portal and that's it. And that, yeah, that's a great tool. So that allows you to have like the um, the color at just one place and then reference it everywhere else. So you then change it at one place and then it's changed everywhere. So you don't have this thousand places that you need to search and replace this hex color code on. Yes, absolutely spot on. And that goes for rounded corners and spaces and, you know, uh, margins and paddings and font size and icons and you name it. It's brilliant. Everyone should use it. Yes, absolutely. And and not just that, but it it allows you to create a structure on for the CSS documents as well. So I find it's much easier when you have a new teammate on your team to make them adopt that CSS framework that you've been developing rather than that humongous CSS document. So much easier when it's structured in documents. You have your buttons here, you have your lists here, you have your forms here. Much easier for everyone else to get around your structure. Yeah, so it's not just a list of just class names in alphabetically order that you're like, well, I just put it at the end so I know it's over and everything else, right? Yes, that's right. With the important on the important on yeah. the important. Yes, yeah, yes. that's right. Yeah, that's how we roll, no, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. absolutely. Back in the day, that was how we rolled. Inline yeah. styling with important and your king. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what would you say do you miss the most in the Paris Portal Studio? Would you say that... or? or perhaps in portals, would you say that you miss like the business process flow or make it easier to display charts? Or what would you say you're missing the most? Well, uh, the business process flows, I have not seen a use case um, for that that we couldn't solve in the user interface. So I use the entity forms for that. So yeah, the, the basic forms. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we actually created something like... A, um, uh, um, an application where you have different steps and for each step you need to have this check 
uh, box that you need to check. You did your work and then you can proceed. So th that hasn't been a requirement that I haven't bought to do with the liquid. So, and the charts, they, they do, they appear on the portal, no problem. So they would appear from, from, uh, CRM actually. All right. Then it's just me. Yeah, who doesn't so follow along. No, you cannot know everything about everything. So you're excused. No, but what I actually do miss is as we touched on before, uh, some more capabilities for the editor. So that would be the web editor, the person that is creating the blog posts, creating the information pages, making that experience easier for them. And they would um, appreciate a, a CMS like WordPress, for instance, where it's very easy to get around, very easy to add, to take away, to customize. So now I feel we're still not there yet with the, the Portal Studio. Yeah. So where would you say that you do most of your time? Do you live in Visual Studio Code or Visual Studio 2019? Or So I use Visual Studio Code and then I use the XRM toolbox because they have a great um, apps or, or features for um, editing portal content. So that would be my preferred um, tools, yes. Okay, so so you do you like upload the code manually then from XRM Toolbox, or is there something in Visual Studio Code like an extension that you can just click a button, publish, and the data is there? Yes, absolutely. That's actually one of the new things that we have from April. Uh, the new the code extension. So I haven't played around with it yet. I'm going to uh, tomorrow or the next day. Um, so the evenings they're, they're completely full of all these new things that I want to experience or, or um, dive into. So yeah, that's really something to look for for sure. Where you can set up your Visual Studio, um, your DevOps, and have the ALM under control and just publish your changes. That would be that would be great. Next level. All right then. How often do you refresh your cache? Oh, more than I care to count. Um, and, and my test environment is, or my dev environment is very slow because of it. It's uh, an endless race to refresh the cache. Absolutely. You always have a tab open with that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes, I do. I have a system. Uh, don't mess with my screens when I'm working with Bora Apps Portals. I have a system and it works perfectly. <laughs> Yeah, then you're fortunate. Well, well, now we're home and I actually have two screens and I don't really have to use my laptop screen any longer. So I'm like, yes, and, oh, that's great. And and of course, the correct amount of screen space is more. Yes, absolutely. And my husband actually bought this wide curved screen in the home office. And then I'm working here on his big screen and he's working in the living room. <laughs> so that's great that's good so everyone should get one of those <laughs> yeah 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 you get your spouse to get one and just steal it right throw him out <laughs> yeah all right so where do i go if i want to know more right so there's a youtube channel uh where you can get all the portals zero to hero sessions from session one and session two obviously um and then uh, more uh, my recordings on the session that i that i had so you're more than welcome to get there uh please follow victor dantes on on linkedin and twitter he's amazing and he always have great news so uh, please make sure to do that um follow me on social media reach out i'm on Twitter and on LinkedIn and Facebook. I don't use that often, but sure, just or just pop me an email. 
And then you have your own blog, ulrikeakarbeck.com, where you have this tag, Zero to Hero, where we can find more about these. Absolutely. All the blog posts and videos related to Zero to Hero is right there. So please check that out. Yeah. Uh, do you have any scheduled speaking then? No, you know what? I'm not an MVP, so I'm fortunate enough to be able to say no to public speaking when it doesn't fit me. And now it's the summer holidays coming up. I have a young family. I have a three-year-old and an eight-year-old, and I love being outdoors and being in the garden and just taking time off. And so summer season for me is not really public speaking season. So I have no upcoming speaking events. Though that being said, I do have the portals lunch community call uh, every so often and um, I'm doing up in a day. So yeah, there's always things going on. And, and I believe that when the world opens up, you'll see me on every stage, <laughs> every <Yeah>. stage possible. <laughs> so is there like a portal in a day sessions? No, there's not, not, not yet actually. And I think there will be a while until we get there, but when we do, I'll be up front and center having those hosting those okay so so app in a day that's then where you as a customer or as a partner can join microsoft to learn about doing canvas apps model driven apps and now then portal apps absolutely and uh, you get to play around with power automate and you get to you create your own process business process flow and it's it's a great day so it's eight hours it's uh, theoretical it's uh, a lab that we follow we go through all the steps together. You would have your own environment that you can play around with for another 30 days when we're done. And of course, um, access to me as, a, as the presenter and and, um, and whatever you need. So it, it's a great way to connect with the community. And there's so many people, so many different people on these app in a day events. It blows my mind and it really speaks to the power user because we have everything. We have the deep IT pro and we have the decision maker at the top just knowing that this is coming and wanted to get their head around it. And you see them labbing on and that's just so fascinating because at the end of the day, it's that business decision maker that's sitting there like a child playing around with this and done all the labs and is going on and it's experiencing and it's is playing around with it and it's it's always just so much fun and it's really lovely to see both your engagement here and the users engagement when you when you are in these sessions right because they can get home get some value out of this pretty quickly and it's just nice to see yeah, it's great. And we actually create a whole device ordering app for internal using in a company from, from end to end. And they can actually just go home and start using it in their own business. And it's it's just amazing to see, as you said, the excitement and, and the feeling that they get that I, I did this. And it's not hard. And I and they and when I ask them at the end of the day if they have any ideas on what can, they could do with this when they get home to their business, they're overflowing with ideas. And that's just so rewarding. Yeah. Just a quick question here. Do you feel like you like portrayed SharePoint when going over to date the verse of Power Ups Fortals? <laughs> that's a great question. Oh, somewhat, actually. <laughs> no, you know what? <laughs> Actually, I did a, a, a SharePoint project just this winter, so I, I'm still connected. I'm still in, in the midst of it. Um, but yeah, this is my baby going forward for sure. 
Yeah, because SharePoint used to be this shining star for Microsoft and everything was SharePoint. And it starts to fade in just a little bit. And Dataverse and Power Platform perhaps is coming up. It's it's at least dawn for Power Apps compared to SharePoint. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But you know what? It's like, you know, in Norway, too, it's one year, everyone's cycling. The next year, they're all running. And then, you know what? Just a few years down the road, SharePoint would be the great thing again. So it'll come back around. Everyone is playing paddle. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm not following the trends. (laughs) Yeah, well... Well, I, oh, I'm just mocking great. people on, on the internet on a podcast, so I don't really know either. <laughs> anyway, who would you recommend as a future guest on this podcast? Oh, can I can I recommend more than one person? You sure, go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. So uh, top of mind for me these days is customer experience and, and, and user interfaces. And I, I listen to this great other podcast, apart from yours, um, that's called User Defender. Um, and it's Jason Ogle and is talking to all these great guys and, and ladies out there defending the user and the user experience. And uh, just some episodes ago, he interviewed someone called Golden Krishna. No, it's not a Hindu god, though the name sounds like it, Golden Krishna. Um, he wrote a blog post that became a book called The Best Interface is No Interface, where he talks to how we should all think about what kind of user experience we're creating for people. And he's looking into the future, not only with AI and voice and, and all the things that we know are coming, but also how we can create more automation and, and create a better experience without, without a new app. Is there an app for that? Right. So just speaking to that, it's not, it's not necessarily there's a new interface or there's a new app or there's a new portal for that matter that will solve the problem, but maybe thinking more about what's the key thing that we can make or automate or do for the customer instead. So I, I highly make, recommend reading the blog post and the book. And, and if you could uh, interview someone like that, that would make such a difference to our field and, and making it top of mind. And then, of course, if that's not possible or, or doesn't fit the format, then if you can get your hands on Colin Mamander, that would be <laughs> great. He's gone underground. No one can find him. So that would be really, I would I would listen to that if you can find him. Well, um, yeah, yeah. Where is he? <laughs> where is where's Colin? Colin? Yeah. <laughs> Keep the hashtag going. Yeah. And then a shout out to Franco Musso, one of my fellow uh, heroes. His is the guy that created the Spotify clone with Power Apps portals. I mean, he's just amazing. And he's so humble and he's just a great guy. It's so great sense of humor. And he has his feet on the ground and he's creating these crazy portals. And he really knows what he's doing. And he taught himself and he's just becoming, coming into this uh, community Coming into public speaking, uh, just a great guy. So please, if you if you have the time, he would be a great guest on this podcast. Yeah. And then, of course, links to your homepage. Would you like to pronounce it in English or should we just leave it at... Uh... <laughs> just leave it in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm sorry. Ulrikeakerbeck.com would be... Uh, my blog post. Oh no, I'm sorry, my blog. Um, and I'm Ulrike 
on LinkedIn and Ulrike Acker book without the uh, A on Twitter. Just search my name, start yeah. typing Ulrike, and I'm sure to pop up. Yeah, and I will be sure to have every, all the notes here to so everyone can find you. So thank you for your participation in CM Rocks, Ulrike Ackerbeck. Thank you so much for having me. It was great fun. And don't forget, you can subscribe to CRM Rocks. Just search, search for it in your favorite podcast app and you can comment on crmrocks.com. See you next time on CM Rocks.